4: Well, good evening, fellow deplorables. Happy Easter, and welcome to the John Whitmer Show, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Very happy you joined us this evening. Hope you had a blessed Good Friday and Easter weekend. Thank you for joining us this evening here at your local liberal resistance headquarters, where we proudly champion the conservative principles of limited government individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. Very happy to have you with us this evening. If you'd like to call in, our studio lines are open. You can reach us at 316-869-1330 by email at john at knssradio.com, on Facebook and Truth Social at The John Whitmer Show, and on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Reach out. We would love to hear from you. Uh, One programming note for this week's show We were hoping to have Dana Lash with us this week. Unfortunately, she was sick this week, so our nationally syndicated syndicated radio talk show host, Dana Lash, will be with us next Sunday, so she'll be with us next Sunday. We do have a great lineup for you, however, this evening, NWA World Heavyweight Champion and Fox News contributor, Tyrus, will be with us to kick off our 8 o'clock hour, we'll discuss the Recent Trump indictment, the mass shootings in Nashville, and his Tyrus Live event on Saturday, July 15th. We'll give away a couple of tickets to that as well, two reserve seat tickets, so make sure you're paying close attention. We'll give away, uh, we'll give away some tickets to Tyrus Live. Protests are growing in Israel as Benjamin Netanyahu's administration overcomes a no-confidence vote, and we'll talk with David Rubin, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, about the implications of the unrest in his country. He's calling us actually from Israel, so we'll want to take that call coming up in a few. State Senator Renee Erickson is live with us in studio. She'll bring us our latest Under the Dome legislative update from Topeka. And May Mailman, Senior Legal Fellow at the Independent Women's Law Center, will join us to discuss the passage of the Kansas Women's Bill of Rights. And, like I said, we'll be giving away a couple of tickets to see Tyrus live. And of course we'll be taking your calls at 316-869-1330. So we've got a, a busy show. Look forward to uh to talking with Tyrus here next hour. Um you know it's since it's Easter, I wanted to talk briefly about a, a story that I saw on two of the three big Cable news networks, Fox didn't cover this, but both CNN and MSLGBTV ran rather extensive stories today about how uh, Christianity is, is in decline and how the fall of Christianity and is Christianity in demise and is religion in America in general in demise and contrary to what secular pop culture would like us to think. For example, Easter is not about eggs and bunnies and brunch buffets. Uh, Even the president today seemed to either purposefully or intentionally forget the meaning of the holiday. He tweeted, quote, from the Bidens to you, we wish you all those celebrating a joyous and peaceful Easter Sunday. But no mention of what the meaning of the holiday was. He had a cute little graphic of the White House in bloom with flowers and things, but no mention of Christ or God or the blessings that go along with the holiday. And for many, Easter is eggs and bunnies and chocolate and whatever else that goes with it. Maybe it's summer solstice or spring solstice or whatever Wiccans celebrate. But for many, it's about the cross and the empty tomb. And the media doesn't like that. Certainly, I don't think the president likes that, and I guarantee you most Democrats in Congress don't like that. And both those symbols are bookends to the Easter story. One symbolizes the tragic execution of Jesus, while the other represents the belief in his resurrection and the faith and belief that death does not have the final word. And heaven forbid you have that conversation in the media today. And for years, church leaders and commentators have warned, as I saw today, that Christianity is dying in America. They say the American church is poised to follow the path of churches in Western Europe, soaring Gothic cathedrals with empty pews, shuttered church buildings converted into skate parks and nightclubs, and a secularized society where one theologian said Christianity is as a norm, is, quote, probably gone for good, or at least for the next 100 years. And realistically, who could blame them for thinking that way when Supreme Court justices can't define a woman, biological males, are winning Woman of the Year awards, or on beer cans, and Drag shows are the norms. Traditional norms and values are under assault. And if you dare to question this new status quo, you are the one attacked, canceled, and silenced. But the beauty of faith and traditional values is they have stood the test of time. And they can and will endure. People of faith are, are by their very nature, welcoming and tolerant And tolerance is a positive concept at first glance, the ability to get along with others and to allow for individual freedom. But in modern times, tolerance in the United States has come to mean something much different. It now often means forcing others to agree with different opinions and abide by new cultural norms at the risk of backlash, legal action, doxing cancellation, or worse. It means honoring one person's individual freedoms more than another's and forcing one side, our side, to abandon our views to accommodate theirs. And that's not tolerance. That's not progressive or liberal. That's fascism. Look at the innocent terminology used by those who seek to establish these new norms. Fairness and inclusion for all, for example. Who is really protected and benefiting? is, Is it the female in the locker room who benefits? The little girl in the women's restroom? The female athlete competing against a biological male? The believing business owner or the religious institution? I mean, those aren't the ones that are protected or benefiting. The answer is a resounding no. These kinds of policies and laws are not about freedom. They're about coercion. They're about forcing all Americans to embrace and live out certain beliefs. It's not about tolerance. We can tolerate those we disagree with. They want to outlaw disagreement. Today's radicals want us to believe that religion is dying, traditional norms are outdated and archaic, and we need to be more progressive. They point to multiple polls that show a decline in church and religious affiliation to justify their argument that God is dead and humanism is on the rise. But despite the drop in open Christianity and religious affiliation, in June... Of last year, more than 81% of American adults said they believed in God. And more than half said religion can still answer most or all of today's problems. So as millions of Americans celebrate the holiest day in the Christian calendar, let us not forget that one of the big messages of Christianity, particularly for this incredible country of the United States, is that we've been blessed with freedom. We also have been given the responsibility of freedom. The government can only do so much to keep its citizens morally upstanding. Religion is not meant to keep people in line. It's meant to give them freedom. But not freedom to do what I want. Freedom to do what I ought. We'll be taking your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, we'll talk with David Rubin, the mayor of Shiloh, Israel, about the implications of the unrest in his country. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. The first five years make all the difference when children begin to understand the world around them and start to develop their sense of self, to walk, to talk, to trust, to give and receive love. Let's set them up for success right from
5: the beginning. Together with our partners, the Kansas Department for Children and Families is working to make high-quality child care available for each child, every family,
4: all Kansans. Get involved at childcareinkansas.com.
3: Transform your deck with Menards. Pittsburgh Deck Cleaner removes dirt and mildew stains to restore your deck. Get a a 2.5-gallon container for $14.99 after rebate. Complete your deck's makeover with Pittsburgh Stain and Sealant. It protects and highlights the natural beauty of wood. A gallon of ultra-advanced, semi-transparent stain and sealant is $34.49 after 11% rebate. Good through April 16th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing together millions of things for our planet.
2: Serving with the Great Plains Nature Center is an opportunity packed with adventure, exploration, and free family fun, including interactive events, animal care, trail cleanup, children's programs, and more. There are volunteer opportunities for everyone. Located at 29th and Woodlawn, they're open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, while park trails are open dawn to dusk. Find your place at the Great Plains Nature Center on social media and at gpnc.org.
0: Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: To the John Whitmer Show on 98 7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. KNSS. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Well, protests are growing in Israel as Benjamin Netanyahu's administration overcomes the no-confidence vote. Netanyahu may have... Overcome the odds in the country's parliament, but in the midst of continuing demonstrations that have been the largest in Israel's history, there's still a lot to overcome when it comes to public opinion. Joining us now to discuss Netanyahu's prospects and how the instability could affect the region is David Rubin. He is the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, the author of seven books, including Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel, and Trump and the Jews. Ruben is the founder and president of Shiloh Israel Children's Fund. Mr. Mayor, thank you for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show again, my friend.
2: Well, thank you, John. Good to be with you.
4: So uh, for those of my listeners who aren't familiar with the story, uh, what what caused all this uh, kerfuffle in Israel in the first place, David?
2: Well, look, it's it's actually an internal Israeli issue. Uh and in order to understand it uh you you have to understand what the american system is like uh because i think that gives some prudent guidance to understanding it and to uh, you know I, I i really wish that the biden administration would think about that a little bit more carefully because <laughs> yeah. uh they they seem to be coming to this Issue of Israel's ju- uh, judicial reform uh, from from a very biased perspective, and uh, you know Biden doesn't like uh, the you know any kind of conservative government doesn't like anything right of center for sure, and his his advisors don't like anything uh, that's even center. So you know they're they're hard left. So it's a problem uh, when people don't really understand the issue. So I'm going to explain uh, the the system in the United States in the selection of the Supreme Court is that the president appoints a, a new candidate for the Supreme Court, and the Senate confirms right. Okay, so, or doesn't confirm. So right. what, what that means is that you have a system whereby the people's representatives are doing the selection. And over time, so sometimes you have a Democrat president, sometimes you have a Republican president, sometimes you have a Democratic uh, Senate, sometimes you have a Republican Senate. So uh, the, over time, you have a fair system. By which the people's values are usually represented through the Supreme Court. Now, in Israel, the system has been very different for the past 20 years. Uh, oh, oh, let me say something else. So, in, in the United States, the the system is that a person who appeals to the Supreme Court, in order to appeal to the Supreme Court, you have to have you have to have standing in the case, meaning that. You have to be a person who could potentially be harmed by a certain law, and, and therefore you are, you are appealing to the Supreme Court because lower courts haven't given you satisfaction. So in Israel, you don't have to have standing. Anyone can go to the Supreme Court, whether they're connected to an issue or, 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 or not, whether they're affected or hurt by an issue or not. Okay. Uh, okay. So okay. So they have the the basics now. In, in Israel, uh, not only can can anyone who wants to appeal to the Supreme Court appeal to the Supreme Court, but but you can also in Israel uh, you have a, a, a selection committee. You don't have a committee like you don't have it like in the United States where the president appoints and the Senate confirms. You have a committee which consists of several politicians from the right several politicians from the left several judges and several members of the bar now what is problematic here well among other things
4: you've got the members of the bar selecting their supreme court justices among i mean it, it it it's rife for opportunities for conflict of interest if you ask me
2: that's right yeah what else what else it was something else I mentioned, and that is that there are three judges that sit on that oh, selection committee. Yeah, yeah. Three justices from the Supreme Court who are selecting the new members of the Supreme Court. Now, why does that system not work? And and you, you just mentioned it how, how problematic it is having the members of the bar doing the selection. So we also we also have three members of the Supreme Court one of them being the chief justice of the Supreme Court, who has two votes. So, in essence, you have a majority on the Supreme Court of the legal establishment selecting themselves. And therefore, in Israel, the Supreme Court is a self-perpetuating body, a self-selecting body. And because the members of the Supreme Court historically were all left-leaning in their politics, and were were all uh, from from European countries originally, descended from European countries, could be a few generations, and they're all from North Tel Aviv, and they're all secular. So that's what a self-selection body does, and it's just not fair, and it just doesn't work.
4: And so he submitted Netanyahu, rather, submitted the new legislation in an attempt to go what towards more a democratic process where there was more representation, I take it. That's essentially yeah. what the legislation did. He survived the vote of no confidence. Now, of course, he's agreed to freeze this legislation until next month's legislative session which will take place later next month. During that time, negotiations, you know, are going to supposedly to begin between the coalition and the opposition party. I mean, do you think there's been lots of protests, by the way, going on through this whole process? What do you think is going to come about in all of this? Do you think they'll finally come to some sort of a meeting of the minds on the legislation?
2: Well, it's not so clear. Uh, they, they've they already started negotiating, Yes and i'm i'm sure that they they will move in each other's direction somewhat but the the left has been the left which is the opposition at this time has been very very stubborn about this whole judiciary reform issue huh. because because they have their own people on the supreme court
0: yeah, yeah. so
2: even though the demographics in israel are moving towards towards a more, more conservative population, and the, the chances of a left-wing government getting elected without, without the, the Arab parties, with the Arab parties being parties that are against the State of Israel, even as a country, don't want the State of Israel to exist, uh, but they are actually they're, they're political parties and Knesset members. Uh, because Israel is a democracy on steroids, so we have to have, uh, allow even enemies of the country to be on uh, in,
0: the,
2: in our parliamentary body. Uh, but but the, uh, the, the problem that we have here on this particular issue is that the only way that you go into to change the system is, is by pushing it through in a very clear and resolute way. And it, so, if they if they reach a compromise, and they uh, the government and the opposition, and they end up having some sort of significant judicial reform, well, that's that's fine. I mean, it'll it'll certainly reduce some of the tension in the streets. Uh, at the same time, if they do not come to a meeting of the minds then I believe that the Israeli government should just go forward with judicial reform, push it through. Uh, they were elected several months ago with, with a substantial majority, and they, they should just go ahead and unilaterally make some modifications to the plan to, a, to make sure that all minority rights are protected. And, and then we move forward.
4: We're talking with David Rubin, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I know you felt Trump was a strong supporter of Israel, he wrote a book to that effect. Uh, what's your opinion of Biden and the current Biden administration? And for that matter, do you think what do you think Israel's view of Biden is? I, I mean, a lot of us think he's very weak, uh, feckless. Um, what do you think the, the worldview of the Biden administration is?
2: Well, let me say this: my, uh, You referred to my book, "Trump and the Jews,"
4: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, but it's actually not my most recent book. My most recent book is called "Confronting Radicals: yep. What America Can Learn from Israel." And when 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 we look at the Biden administration, we see the the weakness in responding to radicals. You know, but Biden. Uh, I know some people might say, well, he's a radical himself, but <laughs> uh, but Biden was always a, sort of a moderate Democrat. But uh, it seems that in, in recent years, the radicals have taken over the Democratic Party uh, to the point where you have all this gender confusion that's being imposed on elementary school children and even younger, uh, where, where you have – uh, a weakness in opposing America's enemies that sends a very bad signal and and also not standing with America's allies like Israel
4: yeah speaking of Israel uh, the Jerusalem Post just announced this week that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is traveling to Israel to attend the uh, celebrate the faces of Israel event coming up later this month the governor is scheduled to speak about the importance of the U.S.-Israeli relationship. Uh, you think it's a good idea for the governor to visit? Are you supportive of you know having oh, having him come?
2: Of course, everyone in any Republican candidate who wants to uh, have an impact and has strong pro-Israel credentials believes strongly in the Israel-United States relationship. Uh, Usually does come to Israel. They usually make a trip to Israel because it it looks good on their resume. It looks good in the in the public eye. And uh, unfortunately, most most Democrat candidates uh, don't feel that need as much anymore. Uh, but DeSantis knows that you know, he's coming from a, a state, Florida, with a very with a, with a large Jewish population. And he also represents a country, in the excuse me, a state that's in the south yeah. uh, where there's a lot of support for the state of Israel. So, so, yes, it's smart politics, but I think he also believes in it, and he believes strongly in, in the relationship between the United States and Israel.
4: Well, again, the book is called Confronting Radicals, What America Can Learn from Israel. And if folks are interested, they can find more information about you. Your official website is at ShilohIsraelChildren.org, correct?
2: That's the website for for, um, my nonprofit organization, which is Shiloh Israel Children's Fund. uh, That helps terror victim children and runs programs for them in Israel. Uh, so, th- so yes, that website is Shiloh, S H I L O H Israel Children dot org. And I also have another website where you can find out more about my books, which is David Rubin R U B I N David Rubin Israel dot com. David Rubin Israel.
4: Mr. Mayor, I appreciate you. It's it's always a pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate you taking your time, my friend, and uh, carry on the fight, brother.
2: Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Great night, day, whatever it is. (laughs) You do. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. We'll be taking
4: your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, we'll talk with Renee Erickson, our state senator from East Wichita, Bring us our latest under-the-dome legislative update from Topeka. Studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show, 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
6: This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
4: Is your truck lifted and suffers from poor tow performance? Or maybe your street rod still has that factory highway gear and could use a little boost? Hi, I'm Jeff.
5: And I'm Josh with Chance Transmissions. Did you know that here
4: at Chance, we not only handle automotive transmissions and transfer cases, but we also specialize in differentials?
5: Let us help you with all your driveline needs. Make your first call be your last call. Chance Transmissions, affordable quality repair. Chance Transmissions, your transmissions expert.
3: Save time, trouble, and frustration when you call Mr. Electric. Mr. Electric provides expert receptacle repair, ceiling fan installation, kitchen lighting, electrical panel upgrades, home search protection, and more. Experience unmatched professional service and safety with upfront pricing. Call ahead scheduling and 24-7 emergency electrical services. Save the headache with Mr. Electric, residential or commercial. Mr. Electric has the power to make things better. Call now, 316-361-5200. Online at Mr. ElectricWichita.com. This weather report is brought to you by Midwest Kia. We want to see you in a Midwest Kia.
4: Showers, even some thunderstorms around for the evening hours. Temperatures dropping down to 50 degrees overnight with mostly cloudy skies and light south winds. For your Monday, still a slight chance for some showers, some rumbles of thunder, mostly sunny skies developing The high up to 74. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price. News. I'm Joe Tiro. Pope Francis calls for peace between Russia and Ukraine in his annual Easter Sunday address.
5: People in Zaporizhia uh, were advised to avoid public gatherings. However, in Kiev, Christians gathered for Easter Sunday mass. In Ukraine, the Easter basket is filled with meat, bread, cheese, willows, and flowers, and it gets blessed by the priest. This is the second Easter in Ukraine since the invasion. Churchgoers said it gave them a chance to feel... What normal life is like.
0: Fox's Mike Tobin in Kiev. Authorities in Northern California say one person was killed and nearly a dozen others injured in a fiery crash. Investigators say it was caused by a 13-year-old boy yesterday driving a stolen car trying to evade police. It happened in Woodland, northwest of Sacramento. And John Rahm has won the Masters by four shots over Brooks Kepkin and Phil Mickelson for his second major title. America is listening to Fox News. live Sunday nights. This is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay in touch. With all the latest updates, studio lines are open 316-869-1330. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, every week while the legislature is in session, we bring you our Under the Dome legislative update from Topeka. This week we're pleased to have Senator Renee Erickson with us, Renee, thank you for joining us. It's a happy Easter, and uh, thank you for joining, and thanks for being with us.
6: Oh, I always enjoy coming on, and especially being in studio. Happy yes. Easter to you, John, and all the listeners.
4: So this was conference committee week at the Capitol, which consists of, well, this time, it because of basically four long days where select members, basically the chair, vice chair, and minority uh, leader from each committee get together from the House and the Senate, and negotiate out their differences on key legislation, uh, it's back and forth and back and forth, and then they get to a final chamber for a vote before it heads the governors. You had another late night this week, uh, another 4 a.m. I've been there. I've, I've been there. I know what it's like at those 4 a.m., you know, late night under the dome.
6: Well, the difference is, John, you were in the House when you could eat on the floor. Yes. Boy, Senate, we're we're not only tired, we're hangry at that point. So, yeah, that's right. You
4: guys, you can have a cup, right? That's right. You can have a cup. But they don't do food in the Senate. No,
6: we do not.
4: And the other thing is you guys have to stand to talk. You can't, like with us, we'd go to the well. but And you have to stay standing the entire time you're at your desk during debate, too, correct?
6: You do, or else you lose your place in line. So if you sit down while someone else is talking... Then you go to the end of the line for the, to be recognized to make your statement or um, ask a question.
4: It's all it's because y'all just too hoity-toity is what I <laughs> I mean. We're in the house. We're sitting there passing licorice sticks back and forth and joking and joshing and Hey, it's know. called
6: decorum, John. It's called decorum, and we
4: have it in the Senate. Yeah, see, and we're we were the people's house. You guys are the hoity toities <laughs> with the noses up in the air. Is what it is. Uh so this was the first adjournment. Which signifies now you've got the, the, basically the spring break before you reconvene for Vita. you got a lot done. Uh, first off, congrats, kudos. Um, both the House and Senate successfully overrode Governor Kelly's veto of the Fairness of Women's Sports Act. Uh, I seem to recall during the campaign she was going to legislate from the middle. That That went apparently not, apparently.
6: Apparently not. You know, she said specifically on this issue, of course, men shouldn't play girls sports. We can all agree on that. We just helped her keep her campaign promise. That's That's true. That's all we did. I
4: I guess she forgot that when she vetoed it, though.
6: Well, she got a a, a pretty stark uh, reminder there, John.
4: Yeah, I I did find that very amusing that it, it didn't take her very long after re- getting reelected, to revert back to Lion Laura Kelly. What it, it, it was, was there any doubt?
6: No, 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 of course doubt.
4: not. We no. knew that. That's the. It was the suckers who voted for her that, that apparently you know thought that she'd changed. They bought the hyperbole, and you know they bought the Dennis Pyle was actually a legitimate viable candidate. And now we have Laura Kelly for three more years. So, congrats, folks. Elections have consequences. You did get a few other things. to The budget bill, I looked at that. I mean, I'm not a big fan. I would have loved to see you actually cut spending, but you, you've made some progress on a budget. I mean, it's a budget bill. Nobody really pays attention. But, I mean, any highlights in there that you're proud of?
6: Well, you know, John, I am proud of a few things. You know, when you're flush with all that federal money, it's easy just to go crazy spending oh, yeah. and locking us in for when that money dries up. Um, I think we made some responsible moves. There's always things that you're not going to like in a budget bill. Overall, though, we held tight on FTEs. Kansas is a state with a high. It's
4: full-time employees. Yeah,
6: yeah. Full-time employees. Uh, we're a high um, public employee to uh, citizen ratio in Kansas, so we held firm on that. Um, we did some good budgeting as far as uh, meeting the needs of some folks, shifting some of those federal funds so that we don't lose those because at the rate we're going, we can't spend all the federal funds. Funds that they gave us, so making sure that we use those in an appropriate way um, to to hopefully uh, alleviate some of the budget headaches that we know are coming in two years.
4: And uh, I know you didn't spend what she wanted. She wanted a whole bunch of additional spending. You put some more money in capers. I saw that. So I mean, we did rainy day fund, rainy day fund, right? So and and you cut back on just the general because they she had asked for a bunch more in just new spending, which I noticed there wasn't a whole lot of that.
6: There wasn't. So overall, I'm very pleased with this budget. I think it's responsible, you know, as responsible as, as you know, the sausage right. making in Topeka goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But overall, I think it was um, a, a good budget. I don't like the fact that there are things that get stuck in that haven't gone through either chamber. I think that's a process we need to stop. Um, so we'll work on that going forward. But overall, I think it's a good budget.
4: Well, speaking of that, let's talk about the tax bill. I understand it I've ultimately had about 15 different bills stuffed into it. Uh, but it did. I mean, we do have a single rate tax bill, at least now, that she has already indicated she doesn't like and may veto. But tell, so we, we do have now flat tax, assuming she doesn't veto it. What can you tell us about that?
6: Yeah, it's a, We call it the single rate payer system. And uh, the Senate's position was we wanted that at 4.75 percent across the board. Some people said this was going to be a tax increase on those low yeah, income, whatever, whatever. but it isn't. We actually, it's at twelve thousand three hundred for joint um, filing, married filing jointly. It's half of that, six thousand one hundred fifty for single. Anything under that pays no income tax. It is a tax cut for everybody. Uh, the House's position was 5.25%. We landed at 5.15%. What we know is states that have a single rate or flat tax, economically they are growing, and they are It's so successful, they are reducing it to the point where some have gone from 5 to 4, now down to 0. So we have to be competitive in that aspect.
4: And it accelerated the sales tax on food, eliminating it, correct? I I think it it, it reduced it by another year. year, So one more... Another Now, keep in mind, had Laura Kelly not vetoed it, we would already have zero sales tax on food. But That's at least right. now this accelerates it another year. So, I, you know, there's been all I, I know she's talked about this, says it's not fair, tax cuts for the rich. But that is malarkey. Do you think she vetoes this?
6: Um, Good question, but I do like what Senator Mike Peterson said about it. You know, the governor was taking an axe to the sales tax on food. We just accelerated it. We've taken a chainsaw to it on the Republican side. Um, Will she veto it? Good question. Um, I don't know. It's probably going to be one of those multiple vetoes that we have to take up when we go back.
4: Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, One I think she's guaranteed to veto is the Parents' Bill of Rights. Just because you know Laura Kelly doesn't seem she she sides with the K N E A and the K A S B and not with parents, and I, I I don't understand why, but that's clearly her her modus operandi.
6: You know what's interesting about that, John, is in committee in the Senate Education Committee, K A S B said we're opposed, and here's why, and here's how we would fix it. We looked at it and thought that's reasonable. It really was. We took their exact language. They still opposed it because it's not, (laughs) I kid you not, it's not about, you know, coming together. It's we oppose it because you can't tell us what to do, legislature. Just cut us a check and shut up. That's all we want from you. No input. Um, And so this is so common sense, John. It's one of those common sense things you're like. Why would you be opposed to this if it's just not, you can't tell us what to do?
4: Basically, what this does, it gives a parent the right to say, Look, I don't like the particular curriculum or lesson plan or something that's going on on that particular day. I want to pull my kid out. That's all it really does,
6: right? That's all it does. And what KASB said, which we thought, you know, was just kind of, yeah, that makes sense, but they wanted it in the actual language of the bill, is then the student has to uh, complete. Um, a similar assignment. Uh, an, an equivalent. I mean, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Okay, if if we would assume that would happen, but if you need that spelled out in the bill, we're good with that because that's the way it should be. The student yeah. shouldn't have to do nothing. They should have to do another assignment. I, I know Christian scientists
4: who have uh, objected to the like a dissecting of frogs, for example, right. because of devoutly religious views. And so so in that case, a parent would say, no, I don't want my child to do dissection. So, okay, they'd get an assignment on, uh, uh, I don't know, meteorology or something that gets an equivalent – you know, science-based assignment that they could take so that they would exempt out of that. And they still objected to that. Exactly. Did you ever go back to them and say, okay, now that we've changed the bill to reflect the position you wanted, why are you still opposed?
6: Yeah, and then it's just like, well, we're already doing this, and that's a local decision. Right, local decision. Yeah. See, that's, what it, yes, decision. that's yeah. the
4: default mm-hmm. of, yeah. So in other words, we know what's better for your child than you do.
6: Well, and I always come back, the ultimate local control is parental control. Uh, yeah. How much more local can you get?
4: Yeah. Um, There were a couple of bills. Unfortunately, the House was able to pass. The Senate wasn't one of which was the uh, health freedom. That's the vaccine mandates. And the other was the education savings accounts of school choice. What happened with those? What do you think will happen when you guys go back? Any chance of seeing either of those?
6: You know, John, when I was growing up, my parents used to tell me, Renee, you need to be home by midnight because nothing good happens after midnight. (laughs) Um, I think that that probably (laughs) held true in this case. You know, you're tired. uh, People start peeling off. uh, People get cranky. And so I think uh, that played into it. Are they dead? Absolutely not. Um, Such, you know, took us three years to get the women's uh, fairness in women's sports. Uh, It's going to take us a while to get some of these, but it is not dead. Uh, we will keep persevering to find a way because education freedom, health freedom are such key issues um, to us as a state and as and us as a country that we will keep fighting until we get them. So, no, they're not dead in the short term, and they're definitely not dead in the long term.
4: I know we're going to have – by the way, we're talking with State Senator Renee Erickson, and I, I know we're going to have um, – excuse me, may mailman from independent women's law center coming up here in the next hour. But one of the things that I thought was interesting, I was watching some of the Senate debate when you guys were doing the veto override. And of course you also passed the women's bill of rights. Uh, Some of the arguments that were made in the course of that bill. And in the course of the veto override that came from some of your colleagues in particular, Diana, Diana Diana Sykes, um, (laughs) who's the minority Senate minority leader. Um, (laughs) Well, I'll just let you tell uh, the the Good Friday answer that she came up with to justify opposing these bills.
6: Well, you know, John, how it is. There can be inflammatory language and rhetoric thrown around. But what was said in her explanation to vote on the veto of a right for fairness in women's sports to me was so far uh, beyond the pale. It was so offensive, but she compared – us overriding the veto on that to the crucifixion of, of Jesus. Um, and, and that insults me as a Christian. It, it diminishes and disrespects everything we stand for. Um, I am highly offended. And I, and I was just bombarded with people saying that was uncalled for, unnecessary and offensive. And I agree.
4: And I, I I've seen it. I've seen the attacks. I know Dan Hawkins got a death threat. Yes. Um, that, that is actually being investigated by the Capitol Police and the KBI, uh, literally a woman who left a message for him saying that she was going to shoot him in the head because they overrode that veto. Um, it, it, you know, this is the rhetoric that comes out, and and you have to keep in mind that that issue in particular has upwards of seventy percent bipartisan support statewide. You're talking about a fringe of a fringe minority. But they're so damn loud that if you you know, you come out against them, oh boy, they're gonna run you out on a rail.
6: Oh, absolutely. And you know, John, it's it's true I've seen this happen so many times, and by the way, um I'm so sorry that happened to Speaker Hawkins. Um some of the voicemails and emails I get um are, are horrific. They project exactly what they do, what they accuse us of doing, that's exactly yeah. what they do to us. And we know that, and you know, um the fact is that that bill was about fairness. We don't hate. We aren't intolerant. They are, but they project that on us to further their um, ideology and, and their goal, which is to uh, um, completely eradicate what we stand for.
4: Yeah, I'm so glad you put that out there because it is it, it is clearly projection. It is what it is, and no one talks about protecting the women, protecting girls Protecting sanct, you know their safety, their dignity in restrooms. I I go back to when we had Riley Gaines on the show and she talked about being in a bathroom in a locker room with you know her competitor Leah Thomas, who's who's a boy, who's a biological male with his junk hanging out for fifteen minutes while she's trying to put on a swimsuit. And it's, I mean, that's just there's the uh, there's the perfect example, and yet she was the one who was made to feel bad and had to go to you know. Uh, Counseling, because she was the one who was intolerant.
6: By the way, did you see what happened to Riley here recently? Yes, Physi- I saw Physically yeah, yeah. attacked,
4: physically at- assaulted for speaking. Right. Yes, yeah, right. For for going and having giving a speech at a college campus. Right. It's yeah. Renee, I appreciate you. Thank you again. Uh, you guys are are doing good work. I know you're going back at the end of the month. If folks want to. Get in touch with you. They can find you on Twitter at R. Erickson uh, on Twitter, correct? Is that right? R- R.K. R.K. Erickson on, That's right. on Twitter. And it's erickson dot kansascom correct? That's it. I appreciate you, my friend. Hey, yeah, same, John. Um, I hope you had a good, happy Easter and uh, carry on the fight, my friend.
6: You too. Thanks, Sean.
4: We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Phone lines are open, 316-869-1330. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.
5: This is the Sean Hannity Show. It was the Daily Mail that pointed out this is not a one off financial markets brace for more pain from Silicon Valley after, you know, and a possible death spiral with First Republic PAC West and signature bank stocks now going down by up to 50% and tech giants unable to access frozen billions. What is the long term impact? Dramatic. What is Biden's answer? A $7 trillion record budget with massive tax increases? Sean. John Hannity
0: afternoons at two on ninety-eight seven and
5: thirteen thirty KNSS. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Americans now are abandoning the values that once defined this great country. Wall Street Journal poll: patriotism, religion, hard work hold less importance. Only twenty-three percent of adults under the age of thirty said that having children was important. There's a New York Post editorial about it. I mean, basically saying the American dream is at risk of death. Sean
0: Hannity after. At two on and 1330 KNSS. Glenn Beck. At times, I wonder if
4: people in the Pentagon aren't like,
0: you know, guys. We need some distractions.
4: You know, hey, aliens are real. It's so weird that these things are coming out and no one talks about it. When I was growing up or even a pretty big 20 deal. years ago, these stories would have been huge. Everywhere,
3: front and, page on every newspaper.
4: And have you told people about these things that are coming from the Pentagon and they're like, no, that didn't happen? And you're like, <laughs> yes, it did.
0: The Glenn Beck Program, mornings from 9 until 11 on ninety-eight seven and 1330
4: KNSS back. Snapchat is uh, testing its friend for your team. And so far, it's a little unsafe for teens, I think. One of the people that was testing it at the Washington Post said, after I told my AI I was 15 years old wanted to have an epic birthday party, he gave me advice on how to mask the smell of alcohol in pot. But this is being heralded as something that can help your kids learn and be less lonely. The Glenn Beck
0: Program, mornings from 9 until 11 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
3: The latest news. The Russians. A lot is reputations desperate right now.
4: Inflation background checks for all firearm sales. Our banking system is sound. On the go.
3: Downloaded the app. Now I can stay in the know. I like using the apps just because they're a lot more convenient.
0: It's everything you want. I like that it's local. Weather and traffic. Different voices,
3: different perspectives. Anywhere you
0: are.
6: I listen on the go. It's very versatile. Helps
0: educate you a little bit. Wichita's number one talk. I always
3: trust radio in times like this.
0: Stay off the phone when driving. 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: So you have a smart speaker? Tell it to play KNSS radio. Your phone
0: call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. Studio lines are open 316-869-1330. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Fox News contributor Tyrus. And we'll be giving away a couple of tickets to his Tyrus live event. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, I've been having some great conversations lately with a couple of the candidates for local offices. Uh, Just so that you know, we're going to start doing our candidate interviews. We always do local candidate interviews. And uh, we will start doing candidate interviews probably wait another month or so as we get a little closer to the filing deadline. But I've already had a great conversation with, obviously with Brian Fry, because I've known him for a number of years. But I had a brief conversation with, uh, with uh, Sheila, uh, who's running for, uh, I can't remember her last name, for, for the life of me. Uh, but I also had a, a great, great talk with uh, Lily Wu last week. And so there are some great, great, Candidates running for mayor. Uh, Dalt Glasscock, who's been on the show before, running for city council. Um, Gary Bond, who's running for city council. I've, I need to reach out to uh, a couple of other candidates running for uh, for the city Can J.D. Johnson, I know a lot about him. Uh, he's, he used to own a great business here in Kansas, in Wichita. Uh, Johnson's Clothiers, uh, very successful businessman running for city council. So we will have some... Um, Some really good interviews. Once we start seeing these folks file, a lot of them haven't filed yet. So as soon as they start filing, we'll start having them on the show. And uh, we'll line them up, give you a chance to listen to them. So we'll hear their platforms, get all their information for you. In the meantime, we'll take a quick break. After the top of the hour break, Tyrus will be with us. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk